Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with EXP Realty in San Diego. My name is Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us rather than us guessing at what you want to hear about. We just listen to what you want to hear about. So if you want to tell us what you want to hear about, go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there. You can subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network, our email newsletter, and our private Facebook group where we share a lot of tips and tricks. And you can get dialed in with our video content creation course called the Media Mayor Mastermind, which will go super deep into everything Brian and I have learned over the last eight years of shooting thousands of videos together, condense that down into the things that are most essential for you to get out there and start creating video content in your business. Go to thewhistleway.com. If you enjoy the show today, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, let YouTube know you enjoyed it. If you got some questions, throw them in the comment section. And if you want more of the content, hit subscribe and the little notification bell and YouTube will keep you updated on new episodes. We're releasing multiple um, bits of content every single week to help you grow your business. And if you want more of the, uh, the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. And if you could hook us up with a review on there, really goes a long way uh, to help grow the audience on the podcast. So appreciate all of that. With that said, what are we diving into, Brian? So one thing, it's, it's funny, we're going live in one of our Facebook groups, the Be Different Facebook group. Um, and one of the things that I think makes us fairly, us at meaning with Realty Group, that makes us fairly unique or different than a lot of teams is kind of the balance that we have within our team of um, one of our core value, I guess between kind of two of our core values, but from um, experience and share, which is one of our core values, how do we balance that with real estate, which is an ultra competitive, oftentimes ego driven business, how do we kind of balance the two to where we can create a competitive atmosphere to help um, encourage those people that want that competition, but still encourage them and, and, and open up the opportunity for them to share with their teammates? How do you balance that those two? That's what I kind of want to talk about today. Yeah, I, I think this is easier for people who grew up in uh, playing a lot of sports because it's just it's a natural thing. Competition, it's a healthy thing. And those that grew up with a lot of competition, even I mean, it doesn't have to be sports. You could have done the debate team. You could have been, you know, in um, cheerleading. You could have been on the chess team. You could Are have you been saying cheerleading is not a sport? Is that what you just said? It's a sport. Okay. It's a sport. It's just not thought of as like the, the same sense of that like it's not thought of as the football team it's the cheerleading team but you know what fun fact because this is just fun a lot of you guys watching or listening know this guy mike proctor on yeah. our team mike proctor believe it or not those who don't know mike was a cheerleader in high school this dude's built like um a tank what's the guy the the, the thing from fantastic four the rock guy i think <laughs> like that's kind of what he looks like but he's a little bit more buff i could see him throwing cheerleaders like 50 feet in the air <laughs> he's gonna be uh it's shot put but right. with real with, with uh, cheerleaders. that's how you train for shot put is you do cheer <laughs> and you throw cheerleaders up in the air anyway that's a weird tangent, tangent. let's go it's okay um so yeah i think you know we've learned over the years especially running a team that one of the best things we can do is have contest running consistently like we have contests running every single month of the year um and then we have in we have you know team contests we have individual things like there's so many different things that we have going at all times because we're in this industry as salespeople where like we like rewards like salespeople love to get rewarded 
Um, traditionally, we get rewarded with commission checks, but we also like to get rewarded with acknowledgement. We like to get rewarded with uh, activities and things and, and then a variety of, of, of different things that could be put out there. And so we've learned like when running a team, we always want to have a contest running and we want to keep that contest focused around like what are the activities we need the agents to do more of. And so if you like we're in a market right now where I think it's really important to be going back to our database, our existing clientele, I think it's more important to go into that right now than ever. So running a contest around, you know, calling your sphere of influence or when we do a client event, running a contest around who can have the most people show up to the client event. Like, I think you got to reinforce things like that. If you're maybe making a big social media push on your team and you want your agents to do a lot of TikToks or reels, like you could, you know, run a contest around that. But we've just found whatever it is you're looking to get out of your team, whatever you want them to do more of, you run a contest around that and magically they do more of it. It's, it's a crazy thing. And, you know, what the reward is, it doesn't have to be huge. Uh, a lot of the stuff we do is just a simple, like, a nice dinner out with, you know, we've done, uh, we do teams typically every single month. And the prize is just we get to go out to a nice dinner and just kind of hang out outside of the office, have some food, have some drinks, get to know each other, you know, share some ideas, what's working, what's not. Um, but that's so powerful, you know, and that's not, you don't have to come up with a like fancy creative prize and something super unique every month. Like just some quality time goes a really long way. So how do we balance? And I think I'd like you to talk about some of our competitions even more um, because I think that helps because from what I've heard, right, this is my only experience in real estate. I've been here seven years. Um, it's always been kind of very collaborative. Uh, we've had a few people that aren't with the team anymore that, they would come and sit in on the meetings and you'd ask them a question and they wouldn't tell you. And therefore, they're no longer with the team. Um, but how do you really foster that kind of um, the experience and share? How do you foster that teamwork when, especially when you're running competitions, when it's it, there's one winner and one loser? How do you foster that, that teamwork? I think there's a few different things that we do. Uh, one of those is we make sure when we set up teams that we get a good mix of agents who've been with the team for a period of time with brand new agents. So there's going to be some natural sharing where sometimes those new agents can come in and they can add a little bit of energy and they can push a little bit harder on some of the objectives. And then you have the experience that comes into play from the more veteran agents that they can share that experience with the rookies. And so like that's a big part of it is how you start to foster some of that collaboration. And we change those teams up. They're literally changed every single month. And it also just helps to build the, the overall culture and camaraderie where this month you're with these people and you get to know this group of you know four or five, six people. And next month you're with a new group, you get to know them. And so it helps because our team's gotten so big. We're you know almost 70 agents right now. It's helped to help integrate people, especially the new people. So they know the veterans and so the veterans know these new people because when you have groups of five or 10 people a month starting, when you've been around a while, like who the hell are all these people? And now it helps you get to know some of those people better. So a couple things that I want—I heard you talk about that I want—I want you to bring up. How big of these these? How big are the teams? How many people per team? I think this is going to be relative to the size of your overall team. I Correct. mean, again, we're in the sixty to seventy agent range. So our teams right now, depending on the month, five to ten agents. Okay. Um, we've run contests that have been solo. We've run contests that have been pairs. So I think that's just going to be relative to your team size, right? If you're a team of eight. You're not running teams of five to 10 people. So I think it's all relative, but at least two. 
That makes sense. It would be hard to do a team of one. Um, you know, there's some people who think they can. LeBron and then uh, competitions. One of the things that I think we do well is, like you said, we do competitions based on kind of what's important in the market. Um, but what we, the competitions we do still enable our team to ask for help on, hey, how do I submit this offer? Like, it's not like submit the best offer and the one person wins, right? It's things like how many offers total can we submit or um, how many VIP uh, buyer programs can we get signed? How, what kind of, talk a little bit about the competitions and how they're built to still enable people within their team and outside of their team ask for help on, on the day-to-day stuff as well. Yeah, I'm trying to... Do, do you know what I'm saying? Not completely. So okay. I'm trying to interpret what you're trying to say. Um, how do the contests foster the collaboration? Is that yes. kind of what you're saying? Okay, just yeah. different words. I got it. Um, I think, I mean, the big thing is it's... People are going to push each other to do things because, right, there's your... Inevitably, when you build these teams, let's say you have a team of six, you're going to have two people who are like super pumped about it and like really want to win whatever the prize is. You're going to have two people who couldn't care less and you're going to have two that fall in the middle. Like that's just inevitable. And then fun fact, your entire team is going to work like that. I don't care how big your team is, whether it's six people, 60 people, 600 people, one third of your people are going to be just like gung ho, like let's get after it. One third, you're going to be like dragging them behind and then you're going to have your third in the middle. Like that's just how your team's always going to be. So whether it be your team's performance overall or it be one of these contests, I think you're going to have the same thing. So what ends up happening is we have a, um, we use Slack as our internal communication system. And within Slack, you're going to have those people who are really enthusiastic and excited. They're going to help push those people who are kind of the laggards behind and and then your people in the middle they're going to be they'll do what they need to do then they don't care if they win or lose but at least they'll participate you don't have to like twist their arms so i think that's the big thing that'll happen is that it's going to force some of that collaboration and then when we do contests that are centered around you know how many conversations do you have in a month or how many appointments do you set or things like that it forces people to push each other and your veterans might be reaching out to new people like hey how can i help you set more appointments you know what are you running into what's holding you back you're going to have a lot of that stuff happen. And with teams, do you, obviously we talked about mixing rookies with veterans. What other things do you like to either keep similar or um, separate? Have you found it works well separating by gender, geography, income, parent status? What other protective classes can we? All the protective classes. Boy, you're really going there, huh? Um, I mean, some of the things we found, one-month contests are key. We've tried running stuff for two or three months, and people just lose interest. Mm -hmm. And or somebody gets so far ahead, the other teams don't care, so they give up. Like it's So one month we've definitely found is the sweet spot. Um, I think that when we've done things that would be something where they'd rally around making calls together, I think having people more geographically connected helps. But if you're running like this most recent month, we just really wanted to get some data around like how many offers are our agents submitting and how many are they submitting to how many are they getting accepted. We wanted to kind of get some data around that. So we ran a contest purely around offers submitted. Well, in a, something like that, I don't think geographic you know, connection matters. So you're just going to play around with that based on what the particular contest is. Maybe you're doing something around door knocking. Well, getting people that are geographically connected is going to help because they can go door knock together and they can push each other. But offers submitted, I don't, I don't think that matters. That's cool. And then, so you talked about team size. We talked about kind of the makeup of it. Talk a little bit about 
um, having a team leader um, and, and how do that works? Yeah, so one of the things we found whenever we run these contests is we always appoint one leader. There's got to be somebody who's ultimately responsible at the end of the day. Otherwise, everybody's just kind of farting around looking for direction. And, and that changes every month. We don't have any consistency with who the team leaders are. It could be an agent who's one month on the team. It could be somebody who's 10 years on the team. Um, so we definitely just move those around. And it's just to test people a little bit too and see like who's going to rise to the occasion and who's going to you know be that laggard that's doing absolutely nothing as a leader. So it helps us identify who are the, the actual leaders on our team. Um, but we keep those every month. It's new team captains. But at least there's somebody who's ultimately like responsible for the team. And, you know, this is Team Brian. This is Team Kyle this month. And um, it helps us identify the teams and gives them something to rally around. Yeah, and I like what you said is it helps us kind of identify our team leaders. Um, we use that in a couple different ways. One is our mentorship program. So which people on our team are taking on the challenge and, and leading, right? Um gives us a good visualization of how they will be as a mentor, um, which they get paid on. But it also, we've, um, for our sales leadership, a lot of times we promote from within. Um, and so sometimes that has worked and sometimes that has not. Um, and I think the the situations that it hasn't, um, sometimes we've gone against our gut, but that's another great way to kind of, if you're looking to promote or add a um, a a team leader for your team, however you want to lay that out, um, running these competitions can be a great way to test them out and, and see how they're doing. And there might be people that you didn't even think about that, hey, this, this would actually be a great team leader. And I see what they did and they took it and ran with it. Yeah, it helps us with that. It also helps like there might be times where I'm out of town and I need someone to step up and host a meeting or to host our role play session. And, and I, you know now who are your leaders. Like, who are your natural born leaders? Because some people just naturally are that way and other people, you know, collapse in that scenario. So it's nice to know that we got somebody like a Matt or, you know, like a Mike that I can lean on that love to step up whenever there's a chance, like they really look forward to that. So I don't have to go searching for who those people are. I already know who my natural born leaders are. Um, one other thing I want to touch on is you mentioned we use Slack. How do we um, encourage the, or how do the teams communicate with each other to help really grow this team yeah slack so slack is just an internal communication system so whether you have that whether you use workplace by facebook you use teams by microsoft you use a straight text thread an email thread i don't care as long as there's something where people can kind of collaborate and push each other like hey guys we're gonna get together we're gonna go door knock on friday who's in or we're gonna you know get together at the office and do a power hour who's in you know hey great job so and so you got a contract we got points like that that kind of stuff cool Anything else we missed about kind of running a competitive real estate team that focuses heavily on collaboration? <laughs> I think the thing that's you know been good too is every time we go to like last week, I took the winning team out on the boat. We got to go spend a day on the on the bay and hang out and eat and drink. Um, and then the, the month before, we went out to like a nice dinner. Always take a picture of that, and then that gets shared publicly on social. And it does a lot of things. Um, one thing it does is it creates FOMO for the teams that didn't win that want to be a part of it the following month. So that's big. Um, two, it acknowledges the people that did win, which everybody likes a little bit of acknowledgement. And three, it shows that we take care of our people. We do fun things and we acknowledge our people. When And then people see that and they're looking in their brokerage or their team and they're like, 
I haven't been acknowledged for shit. And I've been here for months. I've been here for years and I get zero acknowledgement. So I think it also helps uh, to attract people to our team as well that want to be a part of a company that does fun things and acknowledges their people. Okay, so I, I like that recruiting, retention. How does it look for consumers? I would imagine it's going to look very similar to see that they take care of their people. They do fun things and they acknowledge their people. So yeah. I would imagine that it's, it's going to give that same kind of vibe off. And I think we talk a lot in our listing presentation and our marketing in all of our stuff that we have a team, we have a team approach. I think that shows that reinforces that this is our team. We work together to do this. So cool. For sure. Got it. Feel good about it? I think so. All right. Well, I hope we covered all of it. If there's additional questions you have, throw them in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube. Um, If you enjoyed the video today, make sure to hit the thumbs up button. And if you want more of our content on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, a little notification bell. If you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Also, write a quick little review. If you made it this far in the to the uh, episode, you can write a review. That means a lot to us to help us grow the audience. And then if you have a question you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. Ask us questions, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network, email newsletter, and private Facebook group. And you can get dialed in with our Media Mayor Mastermind course. I mentioned earlier, it's half off right now. Um, that will get you dialed in with everything you need to know when it comes to creating video content in your business. It's everything Brian and I have learned in the last eight years. And are learning. Packaged up. And we're learning. We're adding new stuff to it on a consistent basis. So uh, whistleway.com. With that said, I want to dive into what we refer to as the whistle widget of the week. This is something we utilize in our business. It saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. What do you got for us today? This one is kind of a throwback to one. I'm sure I've done it before. Um, but then they took it away from us. And so um, one of the things that we do that's unique from a lot of people, and I think is actually, it's a pretty simple thing to do, but it's actually, I think, a pretty big value add, is we do a floor plan of every property we photograph. Um, This does a couple things. One, it sets us apart because a lot of people are not doing this. But two, I think it really helps the potential buyers visualize kind of the space where things are going um, and really helps kind of, put pieces together for um, the photos. We do, I think we do a good job of showing, okay, we're in the kitchen, now we're in the living room, and kind of walking through it, but still sometimes it can get confusing, especially with multiple layers. Um, Zillow is now offering this again um, for free. They were doing this about a year ago. We did it for a while, we integrated it into our system. Um, The thing that I really like about it is in the floor plan, you can actually click on little dots and it'll show you the scan of that room. So again, even better immersive experience of, oh, what does the kitchen look like? You can click on the kitchen and then you're in a scan in the kitchen. Um, they did that and then their turnaround times got worse and worse and worse. It started at 24 hours and it got to two weeks to a month plus sometimes, which was obviously absurd. Um, so they canceled the program. We went back to utilizing um, iSpy, which is another company. We upload the the images and we make the 3D tours. Zillow has now come back to offer it again. Um, They say they're expecting 24 to 48 hour turnaround time. Um, And so we're testing it out again, but it's free. It takes our photographers probably five or 10 minutes, probably 10 minutes max, depending on the house. Um, And I think it, not only does it offer something unique because we have the floor plan, but on Zillow specifically, it adds a lot more value to the 3D walkthrough. It's going to have people stay there longer. 
And we're seeing literally thousands of minutes of people walking through the house on the 3D tour. Um, I think this is only going to increase the time that they spend there. So the Zillow floor plan, uh, the, I think they call it the, the Zillow 3D homes, is how you do that. Um, and typically photographers will do it and they'll charge you 100 to 200 bucks to do it. Um, or you can buy a camera for 300 bucks and do it for yourself in 10 minutes. So that's my widget of this week is the Zillow floor plan is back. Nice. Oh, you can also use your phone, but I think that's probably going to take a lot more time and yeah. that's going to be annoying. I would just buy the camera. All right. Um, so the one that I have, as I'm driving around these days, I'm noticing there's way more open houses than there has been <laughs> um, because y'all got lazy. Y'all forgot that you actually have to work to uh, market these listings because it was so easy for a long time. And so a lot of people went away from doing open houses. But now you're realizing if you don't do open houses, your sellers are going to fire you because they feel like you're not doing anything for them. So I just want to give a little tip that um, has helped me out a lot when I do open houses. And it's using these guys right here. These are Bluetooth speakers made by a company called Ultimate Ears or UE. Um, these are called the Boom Speaker. And I have three of these speakers. Um, and the reason I like these speakers over any of the other Bluetooth speakers out there um, is that all three of these can be paired together to play the same music at the same time. And I've demoed this against the other brands that also do this. And I found that the range on these UEs is significantly better than JBL and some of the other brands out there. And so what I do when I have an open house is I typically will have one speaker downstairs, one speaker upstairs and one speaker outside. So that way there's music throughout the entire house. And that just creates a very different environment than a lot of the open houses you walk into where there's no sound. I mean, there's not even lights on. Like I went to one the other day, like the agent had ordered McDonald's and from DoorDash that was sitting by the front door. There was like most of the lights in the house weren't on. It was just awkward, right? Like you want this to be an environment. Like when somebody walks into your open house, you want them to remember it. And so having music playing throughout the house is huge. Um, and be able to do this via Bluetooth, have it in multi-room. Um, and then you can have different volume levels in the different rooms too, which is super helpful. Um, how much is each speaker? I don't know. I'm cheap. So I wait for them to go on sale. <laughs> so I think I paid like somewhere between 50 and a hundred bucks per speaker. And they look like a, like a water bottle, like a, like a disposable water bottle of yeah. about that size. Yeah. They're the size of like a standard water bottle, like a 16 ounce water bottle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's three of them. And then again, they all pair up together. They can have different volume levels and, in most houses, even in bigger houses, you're obviously going to be strategic where you try to stack them close to each other. Not one at the front of the house upstairs. And then one at the back of the house downstairs, like probably not going to get that range going through all those walls, but we try to be strategic and have one down one directly above it, one outside. And most houses we can get plenty of sound through throughout. And with three little speakers, it feels like you have a whole house audio system. I like it a lot. So yeah, it just enhances the experience when somebody comes in your open house. Just be smart about the music you play. Don't play stuff with cuss words. You're gonna piss people off. And then play music that's gonna be relevant to the target buyer. Mm. So in different parts of San Diego, like country is big in some parts of San Diego and is foreign to other parts of San Diego. So you know, if I'm by the coast, I'm gonna play different music than if I'm inland where there's some ranch type properties. So just you know, play the right type of music for the audience that you're. Um, attracting into that house. And I feel like that could have been a whole episode. That was good. I liked yours. <laughs> cool. Well, I hope you guys got a lot of value out of the show today. 
Um, I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty. I want to thank you for watching. I'm Brian Kochi. We'll see you next week. Later.